If you're looking for a podcast that can save you 15% or more on your car insurance. <laughs> yeah, no. no. But, but if you find it, tell us about it. Sure, that would be great. Um, TLDR. Yeah. yeah, or TLDL. Too long, didn't listen. No. Uh, but this isn't that podcast. This is, however, comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. marriage. Welcome to Comedy Tragedy Marriage, a podcast where a couple married 35 years uh, gets together, taking turns each week to watch a movie, TV show, or documentary. We watch it together. And then we discuss it and share that discussion with you. I am Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MovieManStan. And you can follow the podcast at CT Marriage. Contact us in a couple of different ways. Send us an email, ComedyTragedyMarriage at gmail.com. And just leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the description of this episode. Joining me as always is my long-term companion. Aww. My other half. Maud the dang, I just got here broad. <laughs> okay. I think I might get it, but... You took, yeah. I th okay. Uh, and it was my choice for what movie we watched this week. And my choice was 2016's Arrival. As in, dang, I just got here. Oh, okay. I, I, Derp. I, I, I didn't get it. And oh, now, now I do. Uh, it is a uh, film that stars uh, Amy Adams along with... Uh, Jeremy. Forrest Whitaker, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner, Renner, Michael Stuhlbarg, and more. It is a fictional tale of the arrival of a bunch of spaceships, 12 to be uh, precise, landing in various parts of the planet. One of them lands, or yeah, one of them lands in Montana. Uh, that is when the federal government, the military specifically, approaches a linguist uh, by the name of Louise Banks, played by Amy Adams. Uh, she is um, brought out to the site, uh, along with uh, Ian Donnelly, played by Jeremy Renner, who is a physicist, and um, what the military hopes that they can do is talk to the aliens, figure out what they're saying, figure out why they're here, and, um, you know, hopefully put off some sort of huge invasion by a uh, technologically advanced alien uh, race. Uh, while at the same time, keeping World War III from breaking out, because the Chinese and the Russians uh, and others have sort of itchy trigger fingers. They're hawkish. Yes. Um, and our uh, two uh, scientists um, try to figure out what the aliens want to communicate with us about. Uh, but uh, Louise begins having flashbacks, uh, memories, if you will, of a little girl um, and um, the fact that her husband has left her uh, and they seem to be quite intense 
and uh, make her sort of dizzy as she is uh, trying to figure out what the heptopods, which is what they uh, are referring to them because they kind of look like seven-armed octopus. Um, kind of, sort of, yeah. And um, they, uh, they speak in a language that uh, is the circles with squigglies coming off of them in various places. Um, and it takes a while, but Louise begins to start to figure out what it is the aliens are saying. Um, you had never seen this movie. No. Um, you had. I had. I had reviewed it when it came out. And uh, so tell me, um, just generally, what is your impression of Arrival? Um, you told me basically what it was, and I'm like, okay, sci-fi flick. Mm -hmm. It is so much more than that. Mm -hmm. It is, it, there are elements of sci-fi in it. It is also, um, suspense, psychological drama, um... Political thriller. Political thriller, slice of life, humanity, mm -hmm. um, and, um a little bit love story as well mm -hmm. as well as some time travel right uh, and I don't care if we spoil this movie I mean you almost have to to talk about it in, in any great detail okay go ahead and spoil well um, I mean I'm still processing because it, we didn't do our usual routine we normally will watch on one night and ruminate and then uh -huh. review the next night. Uh -huh. But we just finished this thing. Right. And I'm still, my brain is still buzzing. Well, here's the thing. The uh, heptopods uh, do not view time in a linear fashion. You know, past, present, future. Mm -hmm. And it only travels in that direction. Um, they experience time simultaneously they experience the past, present, and future all at the same time. That's what the uh, references to time, uh, at one point the aliens sort of spew their language out, uh, all of it, mm -hmm. uh, onto this uh, window kind of thing that uh, they, they're separated from the humans. Um, they, they spew all of their um, images of their language um, onto this onto this window and of course uh, the military and in central intelligence and all that it records everything um, that goes on and um, they're able to look at it and there are symbols for time scattered throughout, throughout. it yeah um, and and they also can represent the language three-dimensionally because, you know, Jeremy Renner, Ian, um, brings up that computer uh, graphic of the, um, uh, of all of the symbols and they're sort of, you know, they're three-dimensional. Yeah. Um, but as she said near the end, one, once you understand and fully comprehend their language, you have the ability, what they refer to as the weapon, to travel in your mind. To see time the way see, that they do. To, to experience the future 
I guess she could have gone back to the past too. Um, but yeah, they don't knowing understanding their language broadens the horizon of not only the universe but of time. Yeah. And what she is seeing of the little girl, the teenage girl, the baby, uh-huh. um, and the illness are are her future. Uh-huh. And Jeremy Renner is the father of her child. That was a big spoil. Well, like but I said, I don't care five to spoil. Years old. But um, yeah, the 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 and in order to fully comprehend everything. All 12 locations, the information, all of the symbols from all 12 locations have to be combined. Because, again, Renner was talking about there are these gaps yeah. um, in, in the language with all the symbols. Well, those gaps are filled by the information from the, from other, the other sites. Site. Yes. Um, this speaks to how... We as humans mm-hmm. um, can't seem to get along with one another. Yeah, that is a big part. That's of a this. big part yeah. of the undercurrent of this this film is that we 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 are so suspicious of one another rather than cooperating. We butt heads and we we suspect and we you know you're out to get us so we're going to get you first and um that's that's not the purpose of the heptapods um arrival here at all right they actually or they actually tell us why they're here uh eventually but that's one thing i shan't share yeah um and this movie's rather prescient in how it predicts online media um, and conspiracy theorists. Mm -hmm. Not that there weren't any in 2016, but yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a scene where a soldier is watching some guy who says it's all a government plot and and that's the reason the government is is doing the investigation and we can't trust anything the government tells us. And he's probably not entirely wrong. But um, that... uh, he is sowing the seeds of of distrust suspicion in everything that we all the information that's coming out there's some legitimacy to that um in the broader scope but um you know it's it's just funny how how he uh, Denny Villeneuve, who um, is the director and one of the writers, um, you know, sort of saw what was extrapolated coming. what was to come uh, with folks um, on the internet, uh, you know, creating their own narratives out of uh, out of just whatever. And I was I'm incorrect. Denny Villeneuve did not write it. He had the screenplays by Eric Heiserer. And it's based on a short story called The Story of Your Life by Ted Chiang. Okay. Um, but he, he normally is involved. Is a co-writer. In the writing. And, mm. yeah, you know, whatever. Um, but, 
Yeah, um, and the film also sort of shines the spotlight on the very worst of humanity, the fear of caused by ignorance, mm-hmm. uh, the fear of the other, um, and how not just within us, but in other governments, um, how we some how they keep their secrets and they never want to share their information and they 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 you know the whole rest of the world be damned we're not going to share what we know knowledge is power so we're not sharing ours with you exactly even though everybody has roughly the same information uh because whenever we hear about what another um country has. has figured out it's very similar to what what we've figured out in America, um, so it's a, and it also, you know, as far in it on the smaller scale uh, with uh, her husband leaving her, mm-hmm. um, because he she told him something that he wasn't ready to hear, because she knows the daughter is going to die, yeah. um, and he she shares that with him and he leaves her yeah it has to do with a sickness and he said she made the wrong choice right well what does that mean the wrong choice about telling him or about having the baby in the first place i'm not sure see i'm not sure that's it's a whole other of, layer yeah the, yes, layers like an onion. Mm-hmm. You just you can peel and peel and peel. This is this is not your typical one-dimensional um, sci-fi flick, right? And I love stories like this because mm-hmm. they give me something to sink my teeth into and chew on and turn on its side. And you know, I'll be thinking about this movie for days. It's it is what some folks would call hard sci-fi. In that, it's not just about you know blowing stuff up and and uh, defeating the aliens. Um, it actually considers some more existential kind of things, like what does it mean for us to meet another species that developed on another planet orbiting another star? How would we communicate? Would they have been listening to our leaked out radio transmissions yeah. uh, for the past century? Yeah. Would they have figured that out? Or if they came from someplace further away and they mastered faster than light drive, which means they are far more advanced technologically than we are and probably societally as well. Yeah. You know, how are they going to see us as anything other than? You know the way Neanderthal you know, cave dwellers. A fish looks at you know a smaller fish, or um, you know an amoeba sees something it just wants to eat, or we look at amoebas. Yeah, you know they are that much. They would be that much more advanced than we are. Um, there's a thing called the Fermi paradox in astronomy that talks about. If life is common in the in the galaxy, this galaxy, 
Um, and the galaxy has been around for about 9 billion years, they estimate. And there are civilizations that have developed technology um, and have been around long enough to, um, you know, to develop that technology into faster-than-light drive and things of that nature. Why haven't we seen any of them? And no, I don't count throwing a Frisbee or a pie pan into the air and taking a picture of it a sighting. Um, you know, they haven't contacted us, you know, despite Area 51 and all that garbage. Um, they, they haven't contacted us. So do they exist? Fermi was a scientist, by the way. Uh, I remember he, um, okay. Enrico Fermi. Thank yes. you very much. Okay. Yes, he posed the question, where are they? Um, well, if they're out there, they're waiting for us... To grow up? To, yeah, to be ready. <laughs> because we certainly are not. True, true. Um, all you need to do is scroll Twitter and... Um, you will see that we are thoroughly unprepared to um, meet an advanced civilization. Um, I think a couple of different people, but Sagan and uh, Stephen Hawking, I think, said some similar things to, um, you know, us being so far behind any civilization that may find us uh -huh. uh, that um, the... Europeans came to the New World and met the what they called Indians, the native people, mm -hmm. the and indigenous. it didn't and it didn't work out too good for the indigenous people. Mm -hmm. So that is the fear some folks have about us encountering an alien species that is far more technologically advanced than we are. Now. I happen to be of the opinion they'll be more like the ones in Arrival than the ones in, you know, whatever um, alien invasion movie you want to bring up, but uh, like uh, Independence Day. I don't think they're going to come and suck up all the resources on Earth because mm. the asteroid belt is filled with things that can be mined that no one would ever know. So, there's plenty of other places for, for aliens to go. If they if they are just looking for resources, they don't have to come here. Yeah. Interesting. It, uh, it touches on, the arrival touches on a lot of uh, those questions because the big question, at least for the military in the movie, is why are they here? Is this an invasion? Yeah, are they going to hurt us? Um, um, and is can a, we hurt them first? Is merely our exposure to them going to make us sick? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think some of those questions are, are considered within the movie. But there's also the bigger question about how um, we can barely get along with each other. Well, actually, we can't get along with each other um, on the planet. So, what? How will it affect society if a spaceship 
you know, starts hovering over Montana somewhere. I imagine it's going to get shot at a lot. People would lose their natural minds. Yes, they would. Stuff would start blowing up all over the world. <laughs> There's, uh, in the movie, there are, um, you know, news footage of, um, you know, riots breaking out because mm-hmm. people are uh, afraid. Looting. L- looting. Looting. Riots. But but uh, the fabric of society begins to break down because people don't know what's going on. Uh, and, you know, I hate to think that our baser instincts would kick in that quickly. Um, oh, please. Look at this time last year, and um, we, were, we were just recovering from not being able to find toilet paper anywhere. <laughs> So, well, yeah. Well, that to me is a m- much more limited example of of you know people trying to take advantage of a situation. Um, you know the the wide scale rioting and looting and and things of that nature that happen in arrival. Um, I would like to. Th- well, yes, I'm being hopeful. I'm generally not the hopeful type. Uh, <laughs> I just assume that if it can go wrong, it will. It will. Um, so, but but if we were to be visited, maybe hopefully they would come out and say hi, um, and not just float there and make us try to figure out how to communicate with them. Yeah, because uh, you know, you know, I don't know if it'll be a close encounters of the third kind situation with lights and keyboardists, but. Uh, Beep, 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 mm-hmm. beep, beep, uh, you know, there. I'm. I would hope there would be a way, and and even in this movie, they figure out a way, but it just takes a very long time. Yeah. And tempers are, uh, and uh, patience is worn thin, and tempers are short. Um, there's even an attack by a member of our own military, putting C4 in the. Uh, uh, when they go, oh, that smarmy little squirrel! I yeah. knew he was hinky. Well, yeah, he was the one watching the, uh, watching the, the crazy, uh, the crazy people conspiracy video. theorist. Um, so, our worst nature gets exposed when to the aliens, uh, which I think they knew was coming since they um, take measures to save, save Ian and Louise. Yeah, so. Um, they are far more patient with us than many times we are with ourselves. Uh, as and far as that goes, way more than we are with each other. Well, that's what I'm sort of what I meant. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a sci-fi movie that works on various levels. It has a non-linear sort of storytelling, which becomes very important near the end of the film. Um. And, you know, it's, uh, I think it's very good. Shall we take a break and then come back and rate it? Mayhaps we should. Okay. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. We're discussing Arrival from 2016, the Denis Villeneuve-directed film. That stars uh, Amy Adams and uh, Jeremy Renner, Renner. Forrest Whitaker, Michael Stuhlbarg, yes, and a bunch uh, of other people. Yes, it 
was well received by the critics. Oh, good. It has a 94 on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. And it has an 81 on Metacritic, which is considered universal acclaim. Yeah. Nice. Audiences from CinemaScore uh, gave the film an average of B on an A plus to F scale. Hmm. Yeah. Here's the thing. With, with this guy's films, he... They're not exactly crowd pleasers most of the time. They are um, somber looks at humanity um, and how we, you know, just sort of don't, how little value we give to life, uh, our fellow man and, you know, and woman uh, and other. Um, so they tend to be a little depressing, even even if there's a happy ending. It's not that happy. Well, it, I don't know if it's that so much as maybe it's just a little bit more cerebral and maybe a bit less accessible than just a shoot 'em up, bang bang, blow 'em up, a bunch of stuff movie. Well, like for instance. Um, he directed Prisoners, a movie about a uh, man whose daughter is abducted and um, and uh, he goes on sort of a one-man crusade to, to find who mm-hmm. did it. Meanwhile, the police detective is also there's a police detective that is also working on the case and how their um, how their efforts sort of parallel and at times intersect mm-hmm. and it's it's a dark somber film yeah uh, that I watched and and enjoyed but um, it's it's not exactly the kind of popcorn movie that you you go see. Well, it can't all be rainbows and fairy dust and unicorn farts all the time. Let's talk Blade Runner twenty forty nine, the okay. sequel uh, to you know the original Blade Runner, um, where nobody comes out good at the end of this one. <laughs> I mean, everybody is. Um, yeah, nobody gets what they want at the end of that movie either. Well, maybe they all had it coming. Well, perhaps they did. You're not playing along. I'm uh, sorry. Then there's Sicario, which is about um, drug dealers and uh, the uh, you know the the war on drugs mm-hmm. um, and how there are no good guys in the war on drugs. The both the dealers and the and and the shippers and the law enforcement, mm-hmm. there's evil on both sides. Well, okay, then it seems to me that this director is just um, creating pieces of cinema that um, that deal with the world we live in. Exactly right. And you, we don't want to think about that. Most people go to movies to not deal with the world yeah. they live in. Well, but so. sometimes we need to, and sometimes it's it can be enjoyable in the process. 
Well, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you, but I'm just saying. You, you best not. Yes, I, I know better. It's been a long time. Um, you know, he he makes movies that you know force you to look at your beliefs a lot of the time. Yeah. And you know, that's not why people go to the movies. They go for popcorns, overpriced popcorn and soda. And to forget life's troubles. Not everybody's like that, though. There are there are movie viewers who want more out of their entertainment experiences than that. And I sometimes I'm one of those. Yes. Now I like juvenile bathroom humor as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. You know this about yes, me. Yes, I do. But I don't want a steady diet of it. I also want something to make me think and to give me something, as I said earlier, to chew on with my teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, while it got a B from Cinema Score, it was a financial success. It uh, was made for $47 million. Arrival, correct? Yes, Arrival. And it uh, brought in $203.4 million worldwide. Okie dokie. So that's four times, that roughly. Uh, so that means it made a little money. Because, you know, you got to make at least three times in order. To even break even. F- to break even, yeah. Uh, it won the uh, Academy Award for Best Sound Editing and received nominations for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, Best Production Design, and Best Sound Mixing. Dang. Cool. Uh, So, now that you've seen it, tell me what grade, rating, whatever, do you give Arrival? I would give it um, 11 Heptopods. Oh. I really, really liked this film. Well, good. Yeah. I'm going to have to start picking crap so that you... Are you surprised? (laughs) Well, no, I'm not surprised because it is a very good film. Um, I just didn't realize it would be an 11 Heptopod film. I really, really liked this film. Now, when when the, the timeline stuff, you know, she starts seeing this little girl and... And it starts really affecting her. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you did you think she was having flashbacks, or did you did you have an idea of what was going on? Um, it looks like flashbacks, mm-hmm. um, and that's flashbacks are the most commonly used device. Right. Um, we we don't often see flash forwards. True. Um. And it there and there's was, no clue they're flash forwards. No, as far as you know, she's just having Reliving. very intense memories. Yeah, visions. Um, that's part of what's so intriguing about the way that this film was was conceived and put together is um, how you you don't really see it coming mm-hmm. per se, um, and I love that too. I love it when when something is able to surprise me, and um, this did, in a lot of ways. I just, I really like this film. What about you? Well, I, of course, give it five heptopods myself. It is, um, it's, it's not your standard sci-fi film. No, it, it's way more than that. It will make you think. Um, there's only one explosion. 
content that I recall. Um, there's no uh, zappers or laser beams or anything like that. It's so. it's not a pew 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 kind yeah. of movie. It's not a it's it's not a, a flying around and shooting stuff film. It is far more meditative than that. Yes. And uh, I think this film is maybe Denny Villeneuve's best. This is the guy that directed the new Dune, right? Right. Okay. That would not be, in my opinion, his it best. His best, yes. Uh, but I, of of his films that I have seen, this is your favorite. I, I, this is my favorite. So I let's put it that way. Cool. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a, I think a really good movie, and it is available for you to stream on uh, Paramount Plus. That's where we saw it. I think it's on Hulu as well, but it may be one of those deals where you have to subscribe to another channel through Hulu yeah. in order to see it. But it's definitely on Paramount Plus. Yeah. So give that a look-see. Uh, what else have you been watching? Well, I did a thing. Oh? Um, yes. I lost my mind one day last week and um, decided that I needed to watch Body Heat because this is a piece of pop culture film from 1981 that I have heard about for 40-plus years and never seen. Mm -hmm. So I decided to watch it. Mm -hmm. And it was good. It was a little bit of a cheese fest. Well, of course. Um, it was um, the the score was sort of the whole thing is sort of reminiscent of film noir from mm -hmm. like the nineteen forties. Mm -hmm. um, the a lot of saxophones in the score. A lot of <laughs> kind of yeah. Okay. Um, it it almost reminded me of a like a. A TV film score, <laughs> but again, it's because it's old. Yeah. So yeah. that that part of it is is a bit dated. Um, William Hurt, Kathleen Turner in her first feature film performance um, as the femme fatale screen siren. Um, the 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 plot parallels Double Indemnity a bit. Okay. Um, there's, you know, rich guy, older trophy wife. Um, I want his money. How can we get his money? With some twists. Yeah. Um, this this movie was not universally well received. Right. Um, I think Roger Ebert didn't care for it. Um, there were critics who didn't care for it. Um, Kathleen Turner had previously been a soap opera actress mm -hmm. she and she was playing um a, a soap opera siren named nola dancy on a soap called the doctors and um again as i said her first feature film performance mm -hmm. we also see a small but pivotal featured role from actress kim zimmer two years prior to her being cast as reva shane on guiding light the role with which she will forever now be um, linked. Um, that is by far the most known thing that she has done. Mm -hmm. um, we see an early Ted Danson, kind of dorky, before he started highlighting his hair. Mm -hmm. um, his, his performance is fun and humorous and solid. And... Um, I, I liked it very much. 
and I'm glad that I've seen it and it's something that I might go back to and revisit again at some point I can conceivably see myself doing that hmm, cool anything else um, keeping up with dope sick we're down to like the the finale mm-hmm. um, it happens tomorrow as we're recording this mm-hmm. and um, episode 7 wrecked me mm. because um, a, a, a catastrophic thing happened yeah a, a um, uh, episode one character um, went too far yeah and uh, I, yeah. I, I, I it was, was wrecked it was very sad yeah. very sad but yeah I'm, I have um, enjoy is maybe not uh, the right word for dope sick but I have appreciated it dope sick has been riveting yes dope sick has been full of excellent writing really strong performances mm-hmm. michael keaton is just a wonder mm-hmm. um young actress caitlin deaver mm-hmm. is tremendous in her role and betsy. utterly utterly convinc- convincing as as betsy um michael stuhlbarg is a perfectly wonderful villain as uh dr richard sackler oh hate that guy yes hate that guy um the um the team of rick and randy the assistant da's Mm -hmm. in virginia who are are pursuing this case um are tremendous actors and they're tailor-made for for the roles they play Mm -hmm. and rosario dawson is as she always is wonderful fierce 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 fighter for justice yes so yeah. So this has been um, totally worth watching. And oh, again, yeah. this is a mini series I could see myself revisiting um, just because there is so much meat and so much substance to it. Um, we have we are parsing out season two of the Hulu exclusive rebooted um, Animaniacs, yes. which love, love, yes. love, um, love, love. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. What have you been watching? Uh, now, you watched um, a thing on HBO Max about, uh, what's her name, the actress who, who passed away. Oh, What Happened, Brittany Murphy. Yes. This is a two-part documentary. Uh, okay, see, here's the thing with Brittany Murphy. She was, um, she kind of broke out. Um, in Girl Interrupted as one of the mental hospital patients. Mm -hmm. My most intimate exposure with her was that she played the role of Luann Platter on King of the Hill Mm -hmm. for the entire, the series' entire run Mm -hmm. until she died. Um, It's just, it's heartbreaking what happened to her and she, um, she had the world by the tail and then married a smarmy guy, and um, a lot of problems happened after she married Mr. Smarmy Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, as it turned out, Mr. Smarmy Guy died about six months after she did from the same cause of death, pneumonia and um, a bunch of prescription and over-the-counter meds in his system. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, that's on HBO Max. What happened, Brittany Murphy? Totally worth watching. Okay. Anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I'm Netflix centric uh, on my what I've watched. Um, I watched a doc, a brief, uh, short animated documentary called 
Camp Confidential, America's Secret Nazis. Oh, God. Um, it is, well, it's not what you think. Um, several um, Jewish soldiers who were immigrants from Eastern or from European countries who got out before the Nazis uh, took over. Okay. Um, and became American citizens and joined the military mm. because they wanted to fight the Nazis. Um, some of them were uh, pulled out because of their knowledge of the language and uh, were taken to a secret location where they were to interrogate and interview and in some cases befriend captured Nazi officers. To see what they could learn. Right. This was happening in the wilderness of, I think, Virginia. Okay. Um, and it was it was not a prison camp. It was a bunch of like, you know, those um, those cheap side of the road motels uh-huh. uh, with they're all in one building. All of the uh, you know a, uh, a strip of buildings. Yeah, and they're all attached. And they're all attached. Well, there was like five or six of these set up next to each other. They had a pool, they had a tennis court, volleyball, um, you know, and whatever the prisoners wanted, you know, at one point, uh, Werner von, von Braun, the father of modern rocketry, was at this camp with some of his people, and they wanted to buy their families back in Germany Christmas presents. So one of the soldiers informed his higher-ups. They gave him a wad of cash, and they took them into town. To Christmas shop. To Christmas shop. Wow. And, you know, there are these three clearly German nationals still wearing their long black leather coats because that's all they had um, from, you know, they hadn't been given a new wardrobe. Yeah. I can't imagine why. Uh, but... Um, you know, and and it's the World War Two still going on. Yeah. Um. And there are these Germans buying presents for their families to send back to Germany, uh, and they ask to see, for instance, panties, uh, to for to buy for their wives. Well, what we consider panties. And what they considered panties were two very different things, or maybe I'm have the wrong. I'm using the wrong word. Maybe it was just underwear. Yeah. Uh, they didn't want the frilly nylon stuff that they were being shown. They wanted the long the the long like leg long like long yeah like long johns made out of wool um, for the German winters for the German winters. Okay. Um, so um, it, it's comical but at the same time these guys were fighting uh within themselves with the desire to kill all of them because you know they were jews these were german nazis yeah um and some of them didn't hide their disgust that they were being um carted around by jews yeah uh but they had to play nice they had to you know befriend them um 
sort of like what police will do in some interrogations. Good cop, um, bad cop. Get, well, just the good, good cop. cop. Yeah. Um, they would gain their trust, and then they would get more information out of them. Sure. So it's a it's a it's a it's animated. It it's a combination of like maybe traditional as well as 3D animation, or they've made the 3D animation look traditional. Okay. It, it's kind of hard to explain, uh, but. Yeah, it's worth the 35 minutes to watch it. It's called Camp Confidential, America's Secret Nazis on Netflix. Um, I'd heard so much about it, I decided I was just going to do it. I watched Squid Game. Okay. Full stop for one second. (laughs) Okay. I come home from the library Saturday... And I'm like, this weirdness is happening on my television. And I'm like, what in the heck are you watching? And you're like, Squid Game. I'm like, oh, my God. Yes. I And I'd, I checked out for the rest of the night and just crashed on the couch. Because you were watching this thing, and it was like crap, and I didn't want to deal with it. So I just laid down. South Korean series. Um, and it's about these people who are facing money problems who get offered an opportunity to play quote children's games in exchange for large sums of money. What they aren't told before they go into the squid game is that anyone who loses in these children's games dies. They get shot. Hunger games but with a twist. Yeah. Um, And Again, sort of like Arrival, it takes a look at the very worst of human human nature. Oh, that was uh, clear. Uh, they're, uh, a lot of the people, when they go in, are horrible people. They, they uh, One guy's a, a business executive who's been embezzling money, like 6 billion won, which is uh, South Korean currency. Um and another guy is a deadbeat dad and a degenerate gambler, and he owes his bookie a bunch of money, and and so on and so forth. Um, and I had heard that it was this, you know, that it was taking the world by storm. It's a, it's been a phenom. I've been that, seeing Squid Game in my socials for weeks. Yeah, and it's it's it was this thing that that uh, had been. Billions of minutes had been watched worldwide of Squid Game. So I said, all right, I'll check it out. And I watched all of them in one sitting, because mainly because I wanted to finish it. I just wanted to get it done. Uh, and it's is- not that I didn't like it. Don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the characters. It is... Uh, appropriately depressing in that South Korean way. If you've ever seen uh, Parasite, the movie Parasite, uh, that is kind of the flavor The flavor of it. Uh, it is gory in places. Uh, it is filled with detestable people. Uh, our hero, we eventually, who eventually rises to the top, uh, makes a really stupid decision at the end. And that's probably setting up season two, should it actually happen. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't understand why people are so gaga over this. Maybe 
maybe it's the rest of the world and America's not that enthralled with it or maybe I'm too dumb to get it or I don't know but uh, it, it's it's a perfectly enjoyable um, what 10 episodes and um, it's like I said violent and um, horrendous people um, but I don't get why it is such this phenom. this this event this worldwide event uh. it it's fine but it's not it's not it like ain't all that sh- it's it's not like the thing that stops your entire world so it's fine uh squid game on netflix like i had to tell you that and the fifth season of big mouth also <laughs> on netflix um and i went straight through that as well oh did you um but i enjoyed that uh quite a bit i think this season may be filthier than ever really um okay you know we have our hormone monsters uh we have our depression cat we have uh, the addition of love bugs and hate worms um (laughs) and uh people uh the 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 kids um well they're not kids well they are kids in the show they're portraying but they're but they're voiced by adults and they're having very adult um revelations Uh, some of them have been questioning their sexuality in season five um and at one point, the one of the creators, Nick Kroll, appears as Nick Kroll live action. Oh wow! In an episode, and it's like, okay, this this it has now completely folded in on itself how meta it is. Nice. So, um, and I really enjoyed this season. Um, I'm kind of sad I flew through it as fast as I did because that just means I got to wait longer for the next season to come out so uh, but if you have been watching you know the previous seasons of big mouth i can highly recommend this season just do not let your children anywhere <laughs> near the tv while you're doing it because they they're dirty again they i think they are far more filthy this season than they have been in the previous ones and they've been pretty nasty in those other oh we also get a very special christmas episode that features puppets <laughs> so okay <laughs> yeah big mouth love it want more of it i want 365 episodes a year one a day just feed it straight into my brain and rot it from the inside out let's go so okay i i have enjoyed it that is a ringing endorsement e- e- exactly so uh, anything else from you? No. All right. Next week's your turn. Yeah. Yeah. No. Not a clue. No. No. None whatsoever. No. Well, we both recommend Arrival, so you can watch that on Paramount Plus, or you can rent it on uh, the various platforms. So check that out. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, you can go to uh, Spotify or any of the podcast apps and uh, give us a subscribe, a rate, and a review. That would be greatly appreciated, Uh, especially Apple Podcasts. That helps more people discover us. Share us with your friends on social media. If you have a suggestion for us uh, for a movie or whatever you'd like us to watch, 
send it to us. Send it to comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. Tell us what it is, where we can find it, and why you think we should watch it. You can also leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the description of this episode. So, Arrival, we have seen the uh, aliens and they is us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's uh, it, it, it's a good movie. Tremendous we film. It. All right. Well, uh, please join us again next week. And love you. Love you. Till next time. Later. Later.